Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Q. I'm listening. This is Kiana. I hope everyone had a great past week as always. I always love to jump right in when I have a guest. And I happened to stumble upon an Instagram page that really caught my eye, not only with the vibrantly drawn cartoons, but the powerful words along with them. It never really dawned on me in an obvious way how much our inner child still plays a huge role in our everyday emotional lives. Now, I'm not very familiar with the thinking process of healing through our inner child, but I do believe it does help. So I'd like to welcome Sheila to the show to share some general insight about the subject and what we can do to start the healing. So for starters, let me further introduce Sheila, whose Instagram is on the inner child, uh, Chronicles of the Inner Child, Parenting the Inner Child and Understanding Its Wounds. Welcome, Sheila. How are you doing? Hi, Kiana. Well, I'm I'm great. I'm a bit intimidated because it's my first podcast ever. <laughs> oh, feel comfortable. I'm still new with this. <laughs> yeah, but but still, I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, I ju I just wanted um, to mention something uh, like pre like prior to, to talking about anything is uh, is that I'm I'm a trainee counselor and and I'm also a trainee clinical sexologist but anything that I'm going to discuss today obviously is informed by my learnings but it's not as a professional like it's not a professional advice it's just my vision on the inner child healing and my own experience and also all the uh, all the content that I create on Instagram that relates with the topic so, understandable yes, understandable understandable yes understandable well now how did you for starters how did you start your page on instagram because that's from schooling and from going through school and stuff did you because i mean the drawings are absolutely wonderful for starters um well these are my own drawings that believe it or not i do it on my phone <laughs> on the, really on the, yeah on paint which is very old school uh it's it's a it's a very simple app so yeah <laughs> well that's awesome i wish i had i wish i mean i like podcasts but i wish that people could see the drawings but they'll be able to catch them on 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 your um instagram page on the inner child when they get a little chance to look at it but now across your instagram page you have these strong drawings that are accompanied with these very strong words um a lot with them could you maybe give us a quick blurb of each important word that went with some of these drawings or how you um, came about, um, for starters, connection. That was a big one that I saw in there. Mm. Yeah, connection was the, uh, the latest one uh, that I posted after a while without posting because obviously I, I see a lot of accounts that are posting daily or weekly and they are so consistent. I didn't get there. Uh, I I am pretty inconsistent <laughs> with my, I mean, I, I started, like posting almost every day and then slowly life got in the way and and also i didn't want to force it because all the drawings all the texts um are coming from the heart so i really wanted them to be authentic and and i'm not like i i think authenticity and truth are my my main drives for for yeah. this account and and not necessarily like numbers and and figures about like my community online i care about my community but i want to be true to them now about connection um well i, I think this post just follows 
all the, the previous post and and has everything to do with what you leave um at current your like uh in your development as a child yeah and, and how you connect and what is your primary connection and what it means in in the future uh for you like your primary connection gonna define the way you're gonna connect with others in the future so yeah the the, po the post was about it okay yeah that makes a lot of sense definitely now a uh, one that i i had never heard the word before but enmeshment what does that one mean enmeshment is when you merge like you have your own needs and somebody else has their own needs and you 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 kind of get confused between the two you are so merged with each other that you just can't can't really identify which need is yours and which need is somebody else's wow okay now would you say that you could have that connection not only like because we say inner child and I, inner child i think connections with parents but enmeshment could be connections with anybody any kind of relationship correct yeah uh yeah i mean obviously it reflects your your primary connection because again the way you've learned how to connect is how you're going to tend to connect in the future so um, until you heal this connection if 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 it's not um if if you, you didn't manage to have fulfilling connections uh fueled with acceptance and mutual respect and and growth you're gonna end up reproducing the same wounded connection so yeah. enmeshment is actually a wounded connection it's a connection of codependency oh wow okay that makes a lot of sense that makes mm. a lot of sense all right now the next word the next one that i know you had tied to your drawings was intimacy yeah so intimacy is pretty much like a, a deep the, the depth of a connection so intimacy the the first intimacy that we experience is with our primary caregiver and it is like a little child is so small a baby is so small and it's it's all about like it you have the body and then it's all emotional and and the connection that you have with your primary caregiver makes this connection so intimate because they touch you and then you feel things and and everything is is so connected and intimacy is about this it's about a very deep connection and the deepest it gets and the more intimate it gets yes that makes a lot of sense i know um so i think when people think of the word intimacy they think of or like you know more adult intimacy but i think that intimacy definitely reverberates into that first moment um and and i like how you keep on saying primary caregiver as opposed to mother child because it's not always mother child that is yeah. the first intimate connection that you have with somebody mm. now the next one um invalidation that one i was a little i i, I need more on that one because that one i was like invalidation i'm not sure I mean, you know what it means to be invalidated, but invalidation, could you expand on that one? Yeah. Let me go back quickly to intimacy, j just to clarify. Sure. Intimacy, so includes sex. 
it, it, it does include sex in, in adult relationships. Yeah. Uh, however, intimacy isn't sex. So uh, intimacy is about truth and it's about discovering the truth. And, mm-hmm. and this is why it, it, it has a sense of depth. Um, so you, you, you can put on a mask in public and when this mask is removed and you discover a truth, then you're being intimate with, with this person with, with who you, you show something that you don't necessarily reveal in public. So this yeah. is what intimacy is about. Then um, about invalidation, it is more um, about... So being validated is about being accepted, being... Um, seen and accepted Mm -hmm. if you are invalidated it's almost like somebody was telling you you don't exist and in my word there is no room for you to exist yeah so when when you're an adult you can potentially put up with it it's it's still hurtful (laughs) it's like still rejection but yeah you can put up with it but when you're a child you your your life at on a survival level, your life is depending on this acceptance. So when you're invalidated, when you're not welcome to this word, and when we don't see you and we don't accept you and we don't we don't consider your need at all, your feeling is that you don't exist. Oh, okay. So this is what invalidation is about. Okay. It's about okay. dismissal. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the next one was projection. That one I didn't. I I need more more on that one too because a lot of them I was like, oh, okay, well I, I can get that. I can, I, I can see that one because like I said, I don't know too much about inner child healing, but I do come from a background. I used to be a preschool teacher and I used to do infants and toddlers and two year olds, so I have a lot of child development background and knowing the, you know, how important it is to form that bond and stuff like that with them. Um, but projection was one that I was like, hmm. I don't know. Let me. I've got to write that one down. Well, I, I'd say I'm curious to know more about how you understood it in the first place. Oh, oh okay. Um, so in my eyes, I was thinking like, and I keep on going to like, I guess not mother child, but but child, um, primary caregiver, and thinking like projection wise, maybe the adult might be projecting things onto the child and the child is receiving them and maybe not in the best you kind of like a you have to be careful project what you project on a child yeah yeah i mean that makes sense and it's really really close to the definition um i i am talking about it on the account uh so projection is about so we all carry our own beliefs we, our own belief system and we walk in the street like little projectors yeah. and, and because because we we tend to to want to verify our belief in the world mm-hmm. so let's say yeah I'm, I'm working in the street with the idea that everyone is dangerous and I'm gonna see on everyone's faces a threat because this is this is the belief I'm carrying. Oh, now, okay. if I'm walking in on the street thinking that everybody is is going to be nice to me, 
I'm, I'm going to project this belief in the word as well. So basically projection is about, um, is about creating a reality in somebody else okay. that actually is our own. So yeah, projecting is, is, is something that like you, you have within and you want to see in something else. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Now displacement, that one, I kind of, um, I feel like I think I kind of knew what you meant by that. Um, I can't remember the exact drawing that went away, that went with it right now. I wish I had my, my thing pulled <laughs> up right now to go with drawings with words, but, um, can you explain displacement for me? Yeah. Um, so displacement is when you, you feel like you're, for example, you're very unhappy about something, but you can't, let's say you're very angry about your boss. Okay. Yes. But because you don't want to be fired, you, you're going to, you're going to hold this anger for yourself, all this resentment, and you're going to go home and you're going to lash out on your wife. Ah, okay. That makes because, sense. Because you're just going to displace this feeling that can't be expressed on the moment. You're gonna you're gonna put it somewhere else where it's safer to be expressed. Yeah. Because because your wife is not gonna fire you. I mean, she might dump you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, which which is well, you, you might think that the threat is less. Yes. <laughs> less threatening than yeah. being fired. So. Oh gosh. So I feel like displacement happens a lot now that you said that. Now that yeah. you've given me that example, I feel like displacement happens a lot. Yeah. Oh, um, denial. Well, denial. I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Good one. Well, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Like denial is is the inability to to look at um something. It's it's just like you're you're unable to consider something or yeah. something that has happened um a truth about yourself it's it's a, a truth about an event a loss uh a feeling it's um it, it feels so unsafe mm -hmm. that you'd rather ignore it as if it didn't exist that makes sense. I know that uh, I'm sure denial is another big one. I know that I've definitely swam in the river of denial before many a time. Um, now, the unconscious, what was that one about? Oh, that's a big one. Well, the, the unconscious mind is, is where we, well, where we store things because obviously we have our conscious mind we are here together and we are having a conversation then in the background of our mind a lot is happening and it's influenced by a tremendous amount of of past experiences past feelings um of um like beliefs and and uh, emotions it's it's just like there is an entire word behind the word that we see and this word at, at the um, on the scale of an individual is called the unconscious mind 
Okay. So it's it's basically, let's say you have um, a, a storage and uh, it, it, we, we often, in psychology, we often take the example of the iceberg. Okay. You see the tip of the, the iceberg and, and the unconscious mind is what you can't see, but it's really present and actually can be very threatening, like the Titanic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, we learned it from the past, but yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now, this one is, a um, well, there's two more, attachment. Mm-hmm. And that one I think is pretty, pretty self-explanatory, but I'll let you explain that one anyway, because it's, you know, not all the, not everyone knows what attachment means. Okay. So uh, attachment is actually very important when we talk about the inner child, because attachment is what we rely on when we come to this work. We came to this work um, as a div- still developing being. We, we, we came up with a not fully developed prefrontal cortex so we, we we can't really and we are not independent um physically we we need the primary caregiver to fulfill our needs so attachment is th- this link that we get and we hold on to it we we're going to find our primary caregiver and we're going to keep crying and we and <laughs> just hold on to them so they can fulfill our needs until we we become slowly independent and attachment is this and and uh, and if we have a wounded attachment and we talk a lot about attachment style that uh, that has been um discovered by a uh, bowlby um and and it's uh we, we get the the avoidant and the anxious attachment style and and uh, and we we just so basically this is also relating to the connection it's this connection this attachment yeah is going to have the initial one is going to have an impact on our future attachment because this is all what we know yeah this is basically um how we connected in the first place so but attachment can heal and yeah and it's not because i i hear often a lot of people especially when when they look at um some posts on on instagram that may may be incomplete and they're like oh i'm avoidant or i'm anxious and i'm i'm stuck i'm i'm fucked like sorry I'm, I'm, i don't know if i'm no no you're allowed to it's okay, all good right. <laughs> yeah because as a french person i tend to swear a lot <laughs> so do i yeah, I'm really, yeah um so yeah i mean it it can heal and and um studies have proven that being in contact with people with a secure attachment style actually highly influence um the healing process of your insecure attachment style and um uh and yeah it's uh it's it's very important to say and to say again because people need to remember that no matter how how much you've been wounded in childhood, once you get back your power, you can actually go back to a secure attachment style. Oh, that's good news to hear. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> that really is. Now the last one is a really big one, the ego. 
Oh, yeah. Yes, the ego, I know. I remember learning about the ego in school years and years ago. So you want to explain that one? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the ego is a very interesting one. And um, I think you can't really talk about the ego without talking about spirituality. Because oh, it's important to, to understand how many selves we have. We, we have ourselves. And I, I'd say people don't define it the same way. I have the Sheila who knows things and who speaks, but I also have the Sheila who listens to the Sheila who speaks and it's like, really? Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I will define the, the Sheila who says like, really? More like my actual self. Yeah. Then the Sheila who speaks, and, and who wants to be understood and who wants to appear a certain way in the world, I, I, would, I would say it's the ego. The ego is the adaptable part of ourselves. And it's the one that behaves. It behaves in society in a way that, that makes us safe. So depending on the system, the family system and the environment that we grew up in, safety doesn't mean the same thing. So, okay. so the ego has learned safety in a specific environment and going to be adapted based on this environment. But the world is broad and we have different systems. So that's why we, we tend to have different type of egos who behave differently. Yeah, that makes sense. So now what, if, what would you say is by definition, inner child healing? Okay. So inner child, like first, let, let's speak about the inner child. Yeah. The, the inner child, remember how I've been saying that we, we, we came to this world completely dependent, really needy. <laughs> like yes. A, a really. human being is an extremely needy creature. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and basically, it's, it's also, it leads in fear that its needs wouldn't be answered wouldn't be fulfilled so the inner child is this part of ourselves that is depending on external um resources to fulfill our needs and it needs to be fulfilled by an adult when we are a child but yeah. once we become an adult we can actually we have the power to fulfill our own needs most of them yeah so now what kind of benefits do you think that people can receive from healing your inner child? So the benefits is gaining in freedom and and in truth, being truth about yourself and being true to yourself and being true to others and uh, and obviously gaining in independence and freedom and being able to take responsibility for our, our own well-being. This is the main, like the main benefit of healing the inner child, um, and yeah. <laughs> well, and you just answered my next question because my next question is going to be: Is why is healing your inner child so important? And you just really summed that up really quickly right now. Now, um, how do you find or get back with your inner child? I guess, I guess, is it a process of therapy sessions or is it a um like how is it handled i guess 
so again, as, as I was saying previously, a little baby is a tiny little thing. <laughs> and, and when you think about it, the brain is so close to, to the core and, and everything is so close together. Well, the way you come back to this state is through the body because the body stores the emotions and actually the emotions are expressed through the body when you're scared you shiver and 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 you you i mean we all have different body reactions but it's it's you experience it through the body so this connection the relationship that you develop with your body is the first um connection that that you will have to your inner child and very often we lose connection with the body because it doesn't feel safe to be in our body yeah. because we have experience. What is part of the process from healing to heal from emotional trauma from your childhood, I guess? So, I mean, obviously it's, it's, a, it's, um, it's something to be answered, I, I guess, by, by a therapist because you, you need to be helped for the process. And, and that's uh, that's a power that the ego has, that it's a, it's a closed cycle. You have learned something and you need, you need something to take you out of your beliefs. And yeah. you, you can't, I would say, um, you can do it by yourself because, because a lot of people talk about self-healing and I, and I truly believe in, in self-healing. But I think you need um, support from outside, from a community um, of, or, or yeah, a, a therapist, but like an, an ethical community and and um, and the real therapeutic process. Yeah, um, with a support system. Yeah, a support system, and also you need mirroring because you you need to heal from this wounded connection. So you need. Uh, you need actually another connection that that's going to make up for the connection that has been wounded because we have been wounded through connection and we yeah. heal through connection. So it's, it's really important that you, you, you do it for yourself, by yourself, but with others. Yeah. And like making a healthier connection kind of. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, it goes, as I was saying earlier it, it goes through the body a lot because your your most intimate connection even prior to to your primary caregiver is your your connection with your body and and this is really important the connection with the body is like very is the is the basic uh if if you don't know how to honor your body's needs you will never feel safe in your body and you will never feel safe otherwise. Like, Yeah, that important. makes sense. That makes sense because when you don't take care of your body, you feel off, you know, yeah. if you're not, if you're not eating properly, sleeping mm -hmm. properly, exercising properly, all those things, um, you know, making sure that you put the right things in your body. Otherwise it, yeah. does, it makes you, your body, you and your body's connection are definitely the foundation. Absolutely. Which kind of brings you to my next question. What are some of the symptoms or I don't know if it, the word would be symptoms, but um, 
we'll use the word symptoms of childhood trauma, like some of the the um, repercussions of it, I guess you would say. Um, I'd say it's well, th there are several. It's first, I I I, I want to say, and any feeling that doesn't feel right relates to some sort of trauma trauma in in a yeah. way it, it can i mean something um in in a way we live in a very traumatic uh society and we live in a very traumatic world so Definitely. a lot of things feel not right although they are considered as normal so the, if you're not feeling right it means that something is wrong yeah <laughs> so, <and> it's, <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily you that if if you're leaving the same pattern over and over again it might be that it relates to, to a personal trauma so if yeah. it's one shot and and you're feeling that a situation is not right then chances are high that your the situation is not right yeah yeah <laughs> exactly it's over and over again that it might be related to to childhood trauma also um that very often it translates in your ability to connect on an intimate intimate level um so yeah you and also your relationship to authority it, it can be uh something that yeah it, if you're uncomfortable with authority um roles and um and others it can be a sign but anything anything that feels uncomfortable can be a sign of trauma to be honest yeah and you kind of just answered my next question which was what happens if childhood trauma is not resolved and i think um definitely if if i i was thinking about that question i was like a lot of times it can be a vicious cycle mm -hmm. and it can you can cause the same trauma to somebody else especially like yeah. if you're a parent yourself mm -hmm. who has been trauma traumatized as a child and never got over the healing of it i mean you answered your own question in a very brilliant way we 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 have inherited our pa parents trauma of our uh, parents trauma who have inherited them from their parents and and so on and and actually we live in a, in a very uh wounded society because they, like the the deep values of the society are wounded and and mm -hmm. the the risk of not healing this wound that we inherited from um is is to give it again to our children and the next generation and obviously this is not what we want <laughs> yeah and, yeah so it's 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 um bigger than just us as an individual it's not only about us yeah, no, you're right. It's about a whole society. It's about a whole human population together. Yeah, yeah. And so now, have you heard of inner child work? Or, I mean, like, um, well, I guess that's not my question. Well, what is inner child work, I guess, would be my question. <laughs> so, uh, how, how have I heard of it, or what is it? What is it? Okay, what is it? So, again, it's going back to this little self who feels that they can't live without external um, validation and external resources in order to fulfill their needs. I mean, 
don't get me wrong we all need external resources to fulfill our needs we are social beings so we need external resources to to be emotionally fulfilled uh we need external resources to be physically fulfilled as well like um but what what it means in the inner child healing is not living in scarcity it's being aware of the wideness of the world and the tremendous amount of options that we have as an adult to fulfill our needs so if if you stop relying on one single channel to fulfill our your needs mm -hmm. then you're gonna gain safety and and this is what pretty much what inner child healing is about is is about regaining safety a sense of safety and profusion because we live in profusion yeah and, and that's the truth like we live in a society that makes us believe that we live in scarcity but the truth is we live in profusion and there is actually a lot of waste in our world and okay, um yeah. and a waste of energy and and a waste of um when i say energy is a waste of uh, intelligence a waste of talent a waste of emotional energy and and a waste of of resources like food like money there is oh, a gosh, lot of yeah. waste so it's um it's about regaining a sense of profusion and to be connected to our real needs and not the the because i, I really want to give an example because i think it's, it's really relevant so let's say some someone comes to a party and and has a really small cake mm -hmm. and says okay that's the only cake i have guys who want some and you have 10 persons in the party and they are they don't even care about whether they really want the cake or they are really hungry all what they want is the cake because there is there is scarcity. There is such a small cake for ten people, mm -hmm. and 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 if that if the same person comes with a thousand cakes and they ask these ten people who wants cake, well, maybe not now, maybe later. You know what? I'm not that hungry. I don't really enjoy chocolate cake. Like this is pretty much the, the answer you 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 get. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty much about gaining the safety of profusion and reconnecting with the reality of our own needs okay okay that makes a lot of sense now what is your this is on topic but off topic um what if any kind of childhood trauma did you experience if you don't mind me asking uh, i'm happy to share uh, also because i i mean i, I like being honest and transparent and i have nothing to hide um so i i came from a family both of my parents were deeply wounded uh, my father was an orphan he grew up during the war uh my my mother has had a very traumatic childhood as well um i had a very amazing bond with my father as a child but i had no bond with my mother at all uh, i think she she had a very traumatic pregnancy with me and um, and we didn't have this connection together so so i felt a lot of abandonment uh as she 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 was uh, like I, I think because of her trauma she was not available emotionally so she she had a neglectful 
and and violent uh, mother like mothering uh, yeah. and and I I I lived in um, in a general sense of deep unsafety. I, I was not feeling safe as a child, mm -hmm. uh, and I think I was I was. Um, when when you don't feel welcome to this world uh, by your primary caregiver or your mother, you have this sense where you you don't feel that you belong and and you don't feel uh, that you have a home. And I think I've I've always have I I have been seeking for a home uh, my entire life, and, yeah. and it's it's pretty much. Um, the wound that got me wherever I went, uh, the, this deep um, feeling that I needed to find a place where that feels home for me. Yeah, no, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Now it's funny that you touched on that because I actually I wanted to recommend this book, and I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's so it's called The Emotionally Absent Mother. And it's called How to Recognize and Heal the Invisible Effects of Childhood Emotional Neglect. Yeah. And it's by um, Jasmine Lee Corey. And she's also an author of Healing from Trauma. It's a book I just started reading um, because I, too, grew up with a mother that was kind of disconnected from me. Um, she suffered a lot of her own childhood trauma, mm -hmm. a lot of adult trauma before she had me. And um, and she was, she was bipolar. And... Um, and has um, ADHD and a lot of other mental illnesses going on that made it very hard for her to parent. And so I think that, and she was there, but she wasn't there. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And that, and I think that happens a lot. And, and in my own parenting, I have noticed where I have dropped the ball per se for my own mental illnesses, because I suffer from, I have bipolar disorder myself too. And I actually suffer from borderline personality disorder mm -hmm. and ADHD and anxiety. And those things can be very hard to um, to handle when you're parenting and trying to make somebody else feel safe when you've been wounded yourself, too. So I can totally understand and relate where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, having this conversation with you and, and feeling deeply connected. Uh, and this is also how you connect actually the, the, with others because they, they went through the, the same um ordeal in life and and they and they just you can relate and uh, and i think it's uh it's very powerful um that you you share it as well and yeah yeah no i think you're definitely right that's part of the reason why i started this podcast is because i knew that there were so many other people out here that are hurting or trying to heal and like you said your a way to heal is through connection yes. and i've constantly been trying to put out that connection with others to find some kind of healing in that process yeah. now what would you say how would you describe how would your parents um describe what you do now do you still have a relationship with them um, so my, my father passed away five years ago and, okay, uh, it's, uh, it's, it was a very, um, I mean, it, I, I had a very, very deep connection with my father and he yeah. was a mystical 
and uh, and I, I think he introduced mm. me to, to spirituality. So yeah. I think he will he will be very proud of me now. Uh, and and I, I I think I mean I he has been a big inspiration in my life. Uh, and and I I think it's aligned with the values that I carry from him. So it's it's a, I, I would say my father would be definitely proud of me. I, I don't have a relationship with my mother anymore. Um, I I think we we are different people. Yeah. And, uh, and I I completely I mean I completely understand where she's coming from on an intellectual level. But obviously, at some point, it, it is important as well for me to, to just move on and and to and to not remain because staying in the same family system and sustaining the lie is is not necessarily um it's 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 not a choice that i'm willing to make and yeah uh, and it's i have been thinking about it deeply and uh yeah it's it's uh so i don't know what she will think and i and i just wish her best like the best in this life and and i'm grateful for what she has given me because i know that it was the maximum that she was able to give and uh, yeah that's a really good way of thinking about it i really really like that um because i struggle my mom actually i'm her caregiver now i take care of her she does with me and it's funny well it's not funny but um as growing up it was very hard and we kind of lost contact for a little while until I had my own children and I kind of allowed her back in my life because I had had my own children and I felt like, well, you know, for them not to have a grandparent would be wrong of me. So I wanted to give her, the, I wanted to give them the opportunity to have her, except part of the issue that I have is hard to as we moved back in with each other, because it's only been a few years since that we started to live with each other again, and we kind of had a, um, a severed relationship over the years. I have three children. My oldest is 22. And so over the past 22 years, it's been, um, we have a relationship because I have children. And now that we live together again, a lot of old hurt inner child wounds are opening yeah. back up and i didn't realize how much it hurt mm. until now as yeah. an adult trying to work through the wounds and trying to and that's why when i found your page i was like wow i really really need this i could really use this in my <laughs> life right now because i'm going through a lot with like trying to it's hard because when somebody is um not necessarily you know they're going through their own stuff and you can understand like you said on an intellectual level i can understand where she's coming from as an individual yeah. not as my mother and as another human being who's gone through trauma herself yeah and and who i understand why that trauma affected her and why it affected her parenting and but it still hurts as, oh yeah know, it still oh, hurts us yeah. As, oh my god yeah oh my Absolutely. gosh yes <laughs> it still hurts a bunch <laughs> yeah and and just uh and and just to reflect a little bit more on what you you just said to just reflect on what you were saying about like living with your mother again this this dynamic when you when you go and live with your parents again and and especially 
like in the, in the situation where you become their caregiver, the the dynamic comes back so strongly. The dynamic from from childhood, and it's really really hard to um, to challenge because because I, I'd say the reason why I'm I mean peace and also I'm not like to be fully honest I'm not completely in peace with with my relationship with my mother. It's not yeah. because like, but um, I'd say the separation helps. Because yes. the separation helps you to like reconnect with yourself, like just um, yeah, uh, challenge the enmeshment, the, the the merging you had. Yeah, and and it's it's just it's just makes it easier. But when you live under the same roof, <laughs> and yeah, it's just really hard. So I I really really I feel you. And uh, yeah. whenever I used to go back to my mother's house. I was I was like feeling so shit and I was I had eating disorders for ages and I was binging like I I was I was binging all the time when I was seeing her it was like guaranteed so I completely get what you mean oh yeah a lot of my therapy time is ended up talking about my mom (laughs) (laughs) talking about my mom a lot of people yeah (laughs) like I know know, right And that's why that's why I hope to heal my own inner child. So my children, I always say it's my job. It's your job as a parent to just not fuck your kid up as much as possible. <laughs> like yeah. just as much as you can, just just not fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really it's really a, a, a one of the most important. I feel like it is the most important job. You know, you're bringing another life onto this into this world that is like you said completely dependent on you yeah and looks to you for that everything yeah looks to you for physicalness for emotional for spiritual for everything yeah it's a really it's not a job to be taken lightly at all no but also i think looking at the reason why you're having a kid because if you have a kid as a social asset it's not Mm -hmm. the same thing as having a kid because you actually feel the desire of mentoring a little being into this life and 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 just like a tr- the the need of transmission is not the same as like having a social asset like i want to be a mother and it's about me <laughs> it's, it's exactly about me being exactly. a mother yeah, so yeah. It's, it's not the same thought it's it's it, it doesn't give the same result you you're know? right it's like the people that are like oh well now i've I've gone through school. I've gotten married. Now I must have two point five children. Yeah, like it's not like that. That's not the purpose of it. It's the yeah. purpose is so much deeper than that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what would you? What's your favorite childhood memory that you have? Um, or one of your favorites? Well, I I I think my my favorite uh, was my very long conversation very long and very deep conversations with my father because we we used to spend hours together and he got me when he was 50 so he was an old man and oh and my dad too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and and we used to sit together and speak about like a lot of things like about history about geography about spirituality mm-hmm. um uh, and and i think though yeah those are very fond memories of mine, um, and I, I really, really enjoyed what I learned from from this time. As as a as a child, it really opened my mind 
uh, it made me feel like I, I was a part of something so big. Yeah. That, that the word was so huge and so big and that I could be so free in, in this world and, and that I had options because, yeah, uh, and, and it, it, it was very important to me. Oh, that's really beautiful. <laughs> my my dad um, was an older father, too. He had me when he was, oh, gosh, he was 56, I think, when he had me. And so, and he passed, he's been passed away now for quite a while. He passed away when he was 89. Um, but that was one of my good memories, too, was that just the time that we spent together, just the, just the way that he made me feel. So he yeah. made me feel important and special and part of this world. So I really, I really appreciate all the, um, all the greatness that he brought to me. And okay. now that I think about it, one, one regret that I did have when I was just talking to my aunt about this the other day is that as he was getting, cause he passed away from leukemia. So as he mm. was getting sick, I was his caregiver and I had just had a baby. I had a lot going on and my, my sibling, my siblings weren't as able to be a part of it as, as I was. And I was under a lot of duress in our relation, in my relationship at the time. And I took, I took for granted the time that we had left with each other. Yeah. There was a lot of, Oh, come on, dad, we have to get you to the doctors. Let's rush, rush, rush. I got to get this baby home to get stuff done for him and da, 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 da. And I felt like I rushed a lot of our time towards the end with each other. And I didn't take the time to just still have those talks together. And I, and that's just one of my I've gotten I haven't gotten over it, but I'm working through it still to, yeah. to know that, you know, it it wasn't all it wasn't all in vain. But at the same time, I really wish that I had just stopped and smelled the roses a little bit longer with him. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very interesting because um, in, in my opinion, we, the, we never leave. And, and we just go elsewhere. But no, our definitely. Energy, our energy is constant. Yeah, Absolutely. energy doesn't die. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, when, when you're talking about your father and, and all this time that you took for granted, I mean, the, this time in a way still exists because there, there is a way for you to communicate with this energy that you had from him. And, and this is... Um, I, I remember the last conversation that I had with my father because he was he was very sick and and he pretty much knew that he he was going to pass to die very soon mm -hmm. and I had this last conversation with him and he was always very witty and he said you know people say that you like death exists but that's not true you're just going elsewhere it's just like the continuity of life. And he, he, he told me this, I was 27 by then, and he told me this as if I was a little child. And actually, I was like looking at, at what he was saying in, in a very um, innocent way. Yeah. And I was like, actually, that makes sense. It speaks to my heart, and I believe it's true. He's, he's telling me the truth. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it makes, to me, it has always made perfect sense. Like, it's... I feel like it's scientific fact that energy is constant. Yeah. So it's almost like we're driving cars around right now. And <laughs> when the car runs out of gas, then you just move to a different vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it happens. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely the case. I agree. Now, 
if you could go back and you could give your five-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, I mean, that's really interesting that you're speaking about the five years old, because I remember that when I was five, I started to pretty much hate myself because I was a chubby child. Uh, I'm, I'm from a North African, Middle Eastern background, and I was living in Paris. Um, and and I was just different. And and, yeah. and um, I, I felt pretty ashamed of, of what how I was looking like and and who I was and um, and I think what I would say now is you are perfect you are just like absolutely perfect you are super sassy you are <laughs> super funny you are really talented you're very creative and and also just hold on to your dreams because they are needed in this world and and don't don't feel sick because the word is sick and the word needs healing and yes. and it needs you to stay connected to your dreams to in order to help others and uh, and i think this this is the advice i would give to my five years old self yes, like that's stop feeling ugly yeah, <laughs> you beautiful. are absolutely gorgeous oh, that's so beautiful all right well now Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm influenced and inspired by everyone. And, and everyone I meet, I, I tend to find something absolutely beautiful about them. And, and even the people who, who have been uh, very... Who, I, I felt very hurt by my connection with them, but I yeah. think this, this hurting has been also very healing yeah. and, uh, and very powerful. Uh, some connections have had a huge impact on my life, and some of them ha have been extremely short connections, and, and they still like, changed my life completely and changed my vis vision um completely so it, it's um i think it wouldn't it wouldn't be fair for me to pick three people because i got so much from so many different uh souls in in this world now i i have to say that i'm pretty much like i know i have been speaking about my father i have daddy issues for sure. <laughs> but, but he has been a very important influence in my life um especially because he was a free spirit and mm. uh, and he he encouraged this in me this this deep independence and and the, the fact that i i question everything and and especially about myself yeah. this is something that i took about like I mean, he didn't question himself so much. Right? <laughs> he was a pretty patriarchal father, but I, I, I kind of took the, the curiosity from him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And now, did you? Um, what are some ways that you've used to heal your inner child and start to repair your inner self? Um, well, I, I am, I am still healing. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if, if anybody has fully healed. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd, I'd like, I'd like to hear from them. I want yeah, to right? learn from them. I know. I'd like to meet that person. <laughs> I, I want, yeah, I want to. 
let's let's have a show all together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to you need to share your tips. <laughs> um, but I'd say uh, what what I'm trying to put in place is connecting more in depth with my body because um, I, as I said, I had very bad eating disorders for years and years and years. And as soon as I feel that, oh, actually, maybe I got over it, it comes back. Yes. So connecting with my body is a big part of it. It, it went through exercise. Uh, I was uh, I was doing CrossFit for a couple of years. It really helped me in the first place. And now I'm moving to something milder to, to connect more in depth and probably also to connect my, my spirit and my my intellect and everything together because CrossFit is really like physically focused and maybe be like about the intellect and the way you manage um, your anxiety. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say, um, yeah, I, I do meditation, uh, oh, okay. which connects me to the present moment. And to myself as well anything that really connects me to, to the body and uh helps me connecting all parts of myself yeah is is a good way and art is a good way like drawing yes and, and i do sculpture and um yeah that's awesome so now and i know for myself like so I used to be in, I'm a recovering self-harmer. I haven't done it in a while, but it is something that unfortunately uh, when it, when times get dark, I have fallen back on it. But like you said, I try to find healthier outlets and exercise is one that helps with the anxiety and stuff like that. Um, I have always had trouble meditating um, because I don't know if it's the ADHD, I don't know if it's the anxiety, I don't know if it's whatever it is, but my brain will not turn itself off in order yeah. to meditate. But yeah. I'm actually on March 21st, I'm starting um, this, uh, it's called it's called IOP, it's Intensive Outpatient Program mm -hmm. at, um, at Johns Hopkins Hospital. And so what I'll do is Monday through Friday, I'll go um, 9.30 to 12.30 for therapy. And one of the things that they're going to be incorporating is meditation. So I'm really excited about that because I'm hoping that the meditation will take, <laughs> will take <laughs> and I'll be able to concentrate long enough to sit still and not fall asleep. Because I used to, in yoga class, I used to try to take yoga and at the end they would meditate and I would always fall asleep because I would get too, <laughs> too relaxed. <laughs> and I would always so fall asleep. I, I, think, I, I mean, I completely understand what you mean about meditation and like really I can relate because I, I first started meditation when um, I, I used to be in a, like it was a, a charity for people suffering from, from eating disorders in Paris. And, uh, and meditation was one way of connecting with the body. And I was like, oh my God, I really, really can't do it. That makes me so anxious. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> and I, I realized that actually I could be doodling or doing sculpture or doing something artistic and be fully present in the moment yeah. or doing exercise. And that exercise is almost a form of meditation like prayer is a form of meditation yeah. like in in um i don't know if you're familiar with sufism which is um a very no, interesting form of 
Islam. Um, and and wow. people people just um, well, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the term in English. They wire. They they turn okay, on themselves, okay. and 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 they enter a trance, and oh, wow. and they and they just like it's a form of meditation as well. Dance is a form of meditation because you are connected connecting to your body connecting to your energy yeah. and i think like you don't have to be sitting there this is my opinion though i'm, I'm pretty sure not everyone would be would agree with me but in my opinion you can meditate through like dancing and yeah and oh yeah be fully present and and be in your body and that's that's meditative Oh, I 100% agree because when I, so I love dancing and I love singing and when I was, and, but I'm a little bit like I have very, I'm very insecure. So at more times of my life when I have not been so insecure and usually it's been my more manic times in life that I've been less insecure and I've had like that dose of courage from the mania, but I used to do karaoke a lot and I used to go out and go dancing and it was like, I was in a trance. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, no one, I was not there, but I was there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want. Maybe that's for you, Kiana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe, right. Maybe there is not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Work my way through dance. <laughs> well, now, what do you, now, I know you want to talk about, and I think it's such a good thing regarding what's currently happening in the world. How do our individual childhood wounds impact us collectively? or impact the world societies that we live in? Yeah, I mean, that's a very important one because uh, obviously we, we, we are seeing almost ghosts from the past mm -hmm. coming back at the moment. And we are talking about war. And, you know, I grew up talking about the, fir the, the first world war and then the second world war and, and thinking, oh my God, never again. It's never going to happen again. Yeah. And then we had other wars. We had decolonization wars. And, and, and then we had, I mean, I was not even there, but my parents were there. Yeah. But anyway, we, we had w wars uh, in, in Middle East. We, we had, and now we are facing a, a war, uh, the beginning of a war, and, and I hope it's, it's not it's not going to end up like that yeah. um, in, in Russia and Ukraine. And mm -hmm. what I find extremely interesting about this specific situation is that it's, these are ghosts from the past. It's almost, if you, if you go back to saying, let's say Russia is the parent and Ukraine yes. is the child. And yes. the child is trying to separate itself from the parent. And the parent doesn't want this separation to happen. And it's, it's just like, and, and, it's, it, and both have been wounded because the parent has, has been seeing a very traumatic event happening. Yeah. And, and, I, and um, uh, I mean, Russia ha has lived a lot of traumatic events culturally. Yeah. And, and they have been deeply wounded. So it's, it's understandable on both sides. But because it's, it's just like deeply ingrained that mm -hmm. this, this tribal vision that if you're free, you are abandoning me. Whereas it's, it's just, it's, it's just a mindset. It's not, yeah. it doesn't mean that if, if I'm separated from you, it doesn't mean that I'm going to attack you. It's a very tribal concept. Yeah. And, uh, and I think 
inner child healing is about just abandoning what we call in psychology the Karpman uh, triangle, which is basically uh, rescuer, victim, uh, and and persecutor, and and constantly like changing roles, and and okay. and it's just like if everybody was taking their responsibility, like if if for example we we were living in a mature and adult world, a parent will tell to each child okay you want to be free let's be free let's be friends you know what i'm yeah. I'm, I'm i'm still here i have your back in 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 case yeah. in, in case anything happens uh and i hope you're gonna visit sometimes because we we are i mean you know we carry your memory yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we are your ancestry so so i hope we keep a good relationship and uh, and other than that, well, take care and do your things and do your life, and I'm gonna support you. And you know, we, we could we could live in such like we, we could live in heaven if everybody was decide decided to become an adult. And it's yeah. you you can apply it to the workspace, like your boss and the way your boss behaves with you, and and how much you you're scared that your boss is going to punish you but because you're not doing the right thing and blah 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 and and it's always you always need to make an effort and getting a reward we need to go to work and wake up every morning in order to produce something that people may not even consume mm -hmm. just just to to have a roof under our heads and to pay our food like the whole society is built in the way that we need to betray ourselves constantly, whereas there is no actual yes. need to do it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So well put. Oh my goodness gracious. That was really well put. <laughs> That's <laughs> basically what I couldn't have said that better myself. Now I noticed in there, I heard Nigeria. No, Algeria. Oh, uh, Algeria. Yeah, Algeria. Oh, okay. Okay. Algeria. I was like, wait, yeah. Algeria. I was like, we have family from Nigeria too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now, what do you think um what do you see as our future for society um su surprisingly i am extremely positive about the future Yay. like i really <laughs> really think that um i think my generation i i, I was born uh in uh, 89 okay. uh, i think my generation is pretty much here to destroy all old values and to Good. destroy everything. <laughs> Good. Bring it on. <laughs> and, and I think uh I think we we are um just destroying the old patterns. We are not complying and we are very like we we are in a revolution but this is an individual revolution. So it's really really hard to manage. And uh, and um, I think the next generation gonna probably rebuild things on other basis. But what has happened in the past is not gonna happen again. And and you you won't um, be able to control our generation the way you controlled our parents. Because the thing is, now that you gave us something, it's like a little baby. You gave us. The, this this connection and this connection has has been brought a lot by by internet and by the ability to connect yes. with each other to create communities 
once we got this, we are not going to leave it. And then oh, yeah. we are building communities everywhere. And and now um, this these movements of self healers and these people, you can log into Instagram and 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 read a lot of very inspiring quotes, and it can actually change your vision about the world. You do, you don't need to have a PhD or whatever. Like yep. it's it's just we are not living in in the world that needs you to have um, degrees or or anything to to just seek happiness. Yeah. You deserve happiness. Who like whoever you are, wherever you are, the norm should be happiness. It's not it's not because it's not what it is at the moment in the world. Yeah. that the word is right you're right you deserve happiness you deserve pleasure you deserve anything that has been put by the universe within you any need that you have deserves to be fulfilled yeah and that and That's and uh, and in in the sense that obviously some some needs are here to to fulfill a wound and to yeah. entertain this one. So I'd say it's it's also like very important to be careful about this because uh, the, the the bottomless need is actually not a need. It's it's just something that keeps entertaining a wound. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. But but I'd say the once you you dig into your inner child healing and you connect with your actual uh needs then i mean then you, it's easier for you to identify the the difference between, yeah. the, between the addiction and the actual need because we also live in a word that pushes us to to have addiction very much so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. This is, that is one really big, big, big problem in our world. And I think that um, it makes it so easy. I think our society and our world makes it so easy for these addictions to come about, that they're so readily oh, yeah. available to us. Yeah. And it's so, um, it's so socially acceptable too, to a oh, certain yeah. extent. Yeah. An addiction oh, of any sort. And mm -hmm. any sort of, you know, addiction, I think is is very acceptable and brushed under the rug or um or given an excuse for or anything yeah. like that yeah well i thank you so much for taking the time out to come on my show i really really appreciate it this has been a wonderful the pleasure it's been such a pleasure for you to thank uh, you. share all your information now where do you see yourself going in the future with all this um I mean, obviously, I, I want to qualify as a clinical sexologist, and uh, I want to do research uh, around uh, cultural sexual trauma. Uh, so oh, this wow. is pretty much the the topic that interests me the most. And uh, and I mean, the reason why I have such a deep interest in uh, in inner child healing is also because uh, I mean, we carry a sexual wound as yeah. children as well Definitely. Uh, and and no matter i mean obviously some some people ha have experienced uh physical sexual trauma in childhood yeah. but some some people experience also emotional sexual trauma in childhood and maybe they are not aware of it uh and and i think 
it really influences our society as well. And uh, we, we live in a highly um, sexualized society. Very much. And, and we don't necessarily have um, the tools to, to identify this sex, sexual charge that we live in as, as children in this society. So I think it's, it's an important topic as well. Oh my gosh, uh, you just made me think of a whole other topic to have you on for another show. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> You'll definitely be back because <laughs> everything you just said just speaks would, volumes right now. I would love to. Yeah, like so many thoughts just went off in my head like, wow, you just blew my mind with everything you just said. Like, for, like I like, because you're right, a lot of things are so like, I never even thought of the, the idea of emotional sexual trauma for children because when you think of sexual trauma you think of physical abuse and yeah. that's about it but there's so much more than that in yeah. childhood yeah like wow i didn't wow you really just blew my mind on that one. Oh well thank you so much i'm gonna get ready to close out this is all the time that we've had for today but i really appreciate you coming on and i really look forward to you coming back on again with the next subject I love because... you. thank you so much Awesome. Well, I hope that you enjoy your weekend. And is there any shout outs that you'd like to give to anybody or any you want to plug your your Instagram page or anything like that? Yeah, so my my Instagram page is on the inner child, uh, all in one word. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for for this talk i was i was very nervous i'm not gonna lie and I'm always, fine, don't worry. You know, I'm, I'm always on the edge of talking shit like i'm always <laughs> trying to drop drop a joke or um and, and it's it's just uh yeah it's it's just it was a real pleasure for me and and i'm really really inspired by your work and and your personality and your and and the bits of like personal history of yours that you've shared yeah, uh and and i'm yeah i'm pleased that you offered me this opportunity to talk it, it was the very first time and i will surely remember it uh, oh we'll keep in touch we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll keep in touch definitely i would, I would really <laughs> like that definitely oh uh, well Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I have to give out my shout outs too to Jake Dante at Off the Mats Podcast and Tiana Taylor at BJ Wiki or excuse me at BJJ. And it's Tiana underscore lowercase T Taylor underscore BJJ. And I just want to say you take care and I will be talking to you again soon. Thanks. All right. Well, I'll see you later. Take care. See you. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, that was Sheila Youssef, and she was such a great guest to have on. I really learned a lot about the inner child and healing and everything like that. And she's definitely going to be coming on for another episode after we just talked about um, so much more that just speaks volumes about her background and what she knows about. So just remember, guys, it's, I'm listening. Let's talk about it with Q. And you guys all have a great evening. All right. Take care.